This is Lisa Nearing with Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. It's also sponsored by True North Homeschool Academy. We offer live online classes, clubs, testing, and advising. Please join us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, True North Homeschool Academy, as well as groups, Survive and Thrive Special Needs Homeschooling, and Help Homeschooling High School. We also hope that you find us on Instagram and Pinterest. And today, I would like to introduce you to a friend of mine, Ron Brungbarger from Prentice University. Ron is a serial entrepreneur, author, and education distributor. Last spring, he sold his technology firm, Bitwise Solutions, which he founded 27 years ago. He's the founder and president of Apprentice University, a competency-based college. Ron has started numerous businesses, virtual charter schools, and private education organizations. And in 2016, Ron published his first book, You're Always Being Interviewed. He's a frequent speaker on innovation, entrepreneurship, and mentoring. Ron and his wife, Cindy, will celebrate their 27th anniversary in May 2019 and have raised two young men, Tanner and Hudson. In the summer of 2018, Tanner was married to his childhood sweetheart, Hannah. The family enjoys spending time together and touring the country in their motorhome. Ron, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on this show in so many ways. The entire podcast and the name of it certainly came from conversations that we've had together over the last year. So welcome to Soft Skills 101. And can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Apprentice University and how you even got started in Soft Skills and what you're doing with them in your current position? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on. Much appreciated. At Apprentice University, we're all about mastery of skills. And as you might imagine, uh, the most important piece of skills come in the form of the soft skills around communication and etiquette, character, and so forth. And so we work a lot on the importance of communication and timely communication with our students. I started Apprentice University about six years ago because I couldn't find people to hire for my technology firm. I grew tired of interviewing young adults, new grads that just weren't ready for the workplace and Mm -hmm. decided that if I'm going to have a future running a technology firm, I better grow my own. So we started about doing that. Mm -hmm. And here we are nearly six years later. We're at about 40 students at the moment and growing like crazy since over the last two years. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me that as someone in the tech field, you're really a tech guy and you work in a tech industry and yet you saw such a great need for soft skills like communication. So you were able to find people who had the tech skills, but not necessarily the soft skills of communication and how to get along with others and those type of things, which led you to starting Apprentice University. Yeah, I mean, we, we could find programmers, but the problem is we couldn't put them in a conference room with our clients and carry on a conversation or follow up on meetings or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And even in the later years, it became increasingly difficult to find young adults, young programmers, if you will, and salespeople who would communicate properly and could prepare thoughtful communications and emails and letters and so forth. Mm-hmm. And we just grew extremely fatigued from that. To the point where my leadership at my firm just simply refused to have those conversations unless we had somebody with three or four years of experience. And even then, we were testing to make sure that their abilities were solid and they could write. That was one of our key requirements for new hires. Is that they could write like just an email or something more like a a tome like book? Or what do you mean by write? Well, so writing certainly email, but also letters, proposals, 
could put together thoughts and paragraphs and sentences. And these things are sadly not common. Hmm. We might think they are, but they're just not very common. And we wrestled with this a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, clients, we're asking people to spend a lot of money with us. And they really want to see that you know what you're doing. Right. You're, not, you're not kind of winging it. And to do that, you have to have a coherent presentation. And that mm-hmm. presentation includes uh, writing and communications. And that's not the only piece that's included, obviously. Like in my book, I talk, the title is You're Always Being Interviewed. And I talk a lot about communications as one chapter of that. But there are lots of other things that are important in our overall rapport with others that are just critical for young adults to understand. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions. We could talk all day probably about how you got to the point that you are at and everything. But uh, one of the things I'd really like for you to talk about is what you're doing at Apprentice University to prepare young adults. This is a post-high school program, and it might be a pre-college program. And so you have a unique badging system. You have a unique, you have a fail-forward kind of program. You have some really unique cutting-edge classes and ideas that you're doing and implementing there. But can you tell us a little bit about what Apprentice University is and how you took that need in the tech company and translated it into a program that might be of real interest to homeschool families? So we hold ourselves out as not, we we don't like the word alternative, as a college alternative. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. But in the past, it seemed to attract students that weren't motivated and we believe that apprenticeship-based learning, the way we all used to learn until about 1950, still has a lot of merit and still has a lot of value. So we're all about apprentice-based training, apprenticeship-based learning, and in conjunction with our academic courses that we hold. Mm-hmm. We think that it is a superior way to learn versus the memorization and testing and debt mm-hmm. that is so common in colleges today. Mm-hmm. Memorization is not learning. Mm-hmm. It is memorization. And so we think there's a better way, and that's what we're that's what we're all about. Mm-hmm. But it came about because of the fact that you look around, and I'm not the only employer that says this, but employers are just sick and tired of being sick and tired of not having employees, young employees with critical thinking skills, mm-hmm. just not there. And we're all about critical thinking skills. In fact, last week, and we'll, we'll conclude it this week, we had a Thursday night and a full day Friday workshop on problem solving. And we'll conclude it this coming Friday, a full day on problem solving. Mm-hmm. Talk about critical thinking skills. That is exactly what we're teaching. Not memorize this material for a test. Mm-hmm. You think about this a minute. If you study something complex, pick a subject, whatever the subject might be, you study something complex and then you're supposed to memorize it and take a test. It's not like in the real world that if you're trying to solve that problem, you wouldn't have your reference material available. Mm-hmm. This is insanity. Mm-hmm. Absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. That education, it's not. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop fooling ourselves that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see one of the incarnations of a failed education system, not failing, failed past tense, it's over. <laughs> one of the incarnations of that is the inability for young adults to communicate. It's not there. Mm-hmm. So we got to stop acting like it's okay because it's not. Mm-hmm. So when you communicate, I mean, a lot of kids are thinking that they are communicating by texting and Snapchatting and those type of things. And from my experience, it seems like that's almost antithetical to real communication. I mean, there's not good sentence structure. 
It's complicated. It's one dimensional. It seems simplistic, but in many ways, it just complicates real clear communication from how simplistic it is. And kids aren't writing complex thoughts as they are trying to convey things to each other. Is that your experience or? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is definitely a problem. The the pithy yes, no, smiley face emoticon mm-hmm. kinds of communications. There, there's a time and place for that and it's handy, mm-hmm. but there's it doesn't work in all cases. Right. And in my book, I wrote about so many cases where mistakes were made, grave mistakes were made by choosing the wrong medium or even in the right medium, the wrong content for communications. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. Right. So what is what would be your advice to younger families who, who have younger kids or maybe they're in middle school or even high school? How would you counsel these young families to really train their kids in these type of communication things? I mean, writing curriculums abound we're speaking mostly to the homeschool world, and there's a lot of good writing curriculums. So what what would you suggest beyond a writing curriculum and how to really train your kids to get to the point where they're effective communicators? Well, certainly writing is a big deal, but I, I would also suggest write to people besides your instructor, your teacher. You know, you're not, there's a lot more to life than writing a paper. Right. <laughs> Learn how to communicate in written word. Mm-hmm. I'm also a big fan. I wasn't part of it. It didn't really exist in my domain when I was growing up, but I'm a big fan of the, the speech and debate world that's mm-hmm. out there. I think you learn critical thinking skills. You're on your feet. You got to go fast. You have to be able to conjugate a verb quickly and, and articulate that quickly. I'm a big fan of that. And then and reading. I think reading is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I would add there is the importance of, we'll say, students interface with adults. Mm. We Somehow we think education is a good idea to lump everybody who's 13 into the same room and let them try to learn. Mm-hmm. That's craziness. Yeah. Where are the adults? Let them interface with adults and so that they learn, professionals, right? So that they learn the importance of proper communications. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Right. So we don't think that at Apprentice, we don't think that age is a, a metric of your learning ability. We are all about mixing it up and commingling students and adults and professionals and and all, and all the above. Mm-hmm. So I think certainly writing, write to a lot of different methods and audiences, a lot of reading. I like the speech and debate, but also interface with adults that are out there to uh, to gain that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to go back to Apprentice University for a minute. Could you tell the audience exactly what you're doing at Apprentice? And you'd mentioned debt, the huge debt loan many people are taking out with college. And Apprentice is a unique way to avoid that debt and still get some fantastic training for, sure. for adulthood, not just well, a vocational training program, but but really how to be an adult in many ways. Yeah. So we're all about, as I mentioned, we're all about mastery of skills. And our students have two and a half or so years of apprenticeships where they're paid to be working with our partner companies in in conjunction with those apprenticeships where they'll have about 4,000 to 4,500 hours of on-the-job training. In addition to that, they're they're in our classes, they're in our academic courses. They're fairly difficult, but our classes are very different. We don't do tests. We don't do grades. We think tests and grades are a foolish model. No one does that, but school, let's deal with the real world, right? Let's deal with the real world. You either did it 
and you get it right or you didn't. There's not a, mm-hmm. there's not a C. So we think testing grades are, are yesterday's solution to education. It, it works great when you need to teach thousands and thousands at once, but that's a foolish metric for success of educational attainment. Mm-hmm. It's all about the acquisition of skills. And you mentioned our badging system. We have an extremely uh, significant digital badging database with hundreds and hundreds of badges representing thousands and thousands of skills that students are expected to earn in the course of their time with us. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, if someone came to Apprentice University, what exactly would they expect? Do you take high school students or is this mainly post high school? We have two programs, one for high school students, typically juniors and seniors. We have a program called Jumpstart, and our students in the Jumpstart program, they're in our classes and they can participate in, in our workshops as well. They're part of our community. They're a fully enrolled student, but they're not an apprentice. They're not eligible to be in our paid apprenticeships. Think of it as our farm team almost. Mm-hmm. Then our apprentices are post-high school and they are hired, so they're both enrolled and employed, enrolled with us and employed by us. And those students are the ones that are really piling on the experience and the skills. But the student that comes to us in both cases, either jumpstart or to be an apprentice, first and foremost, they better bring a lot of motivation. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't package it. You can't buy it in our bookstore. <laughs> we'll sell it to you. You either bring it or you don't. And if you don't bring it, you're out of luck because mm-hmm. you're going to drown here. This is a difficult program and it's not for the faint. It's not for those that say, well, I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to take classes. I don't want to work that hard. The local junior college wasn't, you know, that was enough for me. Uh-huh. This is not what we're doing. This is a very rigorous program with very steep expectations. Mm-hmm. But if you see the resume, of our students that have been with us for a couple of years now, even a year, mm-hmm. the resumes of our students, they win. Mm-hmm. You put our resumes, you put our students against any college graduate out there and we'll win every single time, I promise. Because your kids, your students have real life experience in their field. Absolutely. They're already working. And no, we're not just done. talking about it. We're not, we're not just talking about it and memorizing it. They have real experience. Right. We're not right. just discussing it in the classroom. Yeah, it's an exciting program. I'm going to put the information um, for Apprentice and your book in the show notes so people can get a hold of you. And you all are located in Indiana. So do your students have to be local to attend? Certainly do. Our classes are not online. It's it's just not how we work. Mm-hmm. We believe in the community as a critical aspect of our program. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that blossom and grow over the last couple of years. It's just that crucial, crucial element Mm -hmm. of our program. We use, you hear a lot about cohort-based learning, and we're big into cohorts as well, but there's a lot of interdependency and accountability within our cohorts that isn't common in Mm. typical cohort environments. So to be part of that and to be part of our community and our workshops and plugged in, you really got to be here. Right. It's an exciting program. And every time I talk to you and Cindy, I'm just so excited about what you're doing there. And the fact that it is a place kids can go if they want to work professionally, but don't want to go to college for four years or take out that debt or take two years of gen eds that they feel like they could have done in high school or whatever. So really exciting program. I just want to talk for just a minute as a tech guy somebody who's a computer person, and you have been um, 
um, asked to be on the governor's board of education, or I, I'm probably getting the details wrong, but you have been asked to do a lot with education in the state of Indiana yeah. and um, do things to create different kind of ideologies and methodologies to get to a point where people can be professional without going through maybe more conventional methods. And you're really in many ways a divergent thinker. You're not a typical tech guy where you're in one brain space. I mean, you really do know how to do communication extremely well. So can you tell us how you became such a great communicator yourself? Well, I think you're overplaying my hand there, but... Well, um, I'm not sure about that, but... (laughs) I guess, you know, in part, as an entrepreneur, it's up to you. There's mm-hmm. not really anybody behind you in the corner office. You're you're the one that's responsible. And I really attribute a lot of this to the fact that we homeschooled. We thought differently about education mm-hmm. from when our oldest son was eight years old. And we started homeschooling. Then we met the then candidate governor, Mitch Daniels, for his first term and became friends with, with Mitch and... Uh, shortly after he took office, we'd been homeschooling for just a maybe a year. And shortly after he took office, I got a call and he said, I'd like to start Indiana's first statewide virtual charter school and I'd like for you to head it up. And I <laughs> thought about and that. That was something you'd always thought about doing probably. Yeah, sure. Sign me up. <laughs> it took three years to get Indiana law changed and a lot of a lot of beatings politically and threats from teachers unions that really despised me, which this kind of comes with the territory, but we got it over the goal line. It took a long time, took a lot of work, took a lot of money, we got it over the goal line and we served thousands and thousands and thousands of kids wow. over the last uh, 10 years, nine years or so. Now it's hard, mm-hmm. uh, but that caused me to think completely differently about education. And as you get into it and you start challenging the status quo and, to your point about thinking divergently, uh, I don't like thinking convergently. It's not in my DNA. Mm-hmm. And so I like seeing things that need to be broken. <laughs> you know, apart and rebuilt. And Said like you know, a good engineer right there. <laughs> yeah, well, and education is just ripe for that. You know, mm-hmm. we got to stop acting like it's okay to not serve our kids right. by half-baked education. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say to the parent who feels that maybe their communication skills aren't really up to speed and now somehow they're, they find themselves homeschooling and they're intimidated because they feel like they have to teach something they're not so great at themselves? Do, would you recommend a certain curriculum or what kind of things would you recommend for them to do to build their own communication abilities? Oh, goodness. I'm the last person you want to ask about a curriculum. <laughs> not my department, that's over my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> My, my suggestion would be align yourselves with professionals and adults that are really good at that and just get to know them. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of homeschool co-ops out there and programs like yours that are online. Those are certainly great first steps. But I think I, I go back to my earlier point, mix it up. Mm-hmm. Put those kids in environments where they're not all the same age. Mm-hmm. What's a 13-year-old going to teach a 13-year-old? Right. What? <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. So just different age groups and doing different types of communication, writing letters, getting in speech and debate. I think it's a great idea for everybody to learn how to stand up and talk in front of people. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Push the envelope, even if it's intimidating to you, find a group and talk to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Get over it and do it. Yeah. I'm really intrigued by one of your programs on failing. Can you, do you mind talking about, I'm probably not calling it the right name or do you know what I'm talking about? Can you sure. tell us the about that? Institute? Real quick? Sure. It, yeah. yeah. Called the failure Institute. Part of an apprentice-based learning is failing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's natural and it's a, it's a critical piece to how we all learn is we have to fail to do it. And so we started uh, several years ago, we started the Failure Institute and I would say that we celebrate failure, but we, we study failure. Mm. And the fact is our, our tagline is from oops to epic. There's value in failure. I love and it. <laughs> if, if before a group of students, I could share my failures and we'd be there for years and years and years to do all that. But if I could share areas where I failed and give that knowledge to students, others that are with us, that they might not repeat my silly mistakes, why wouldn't we do that? Mm -hmm. You can talk about failure. You don't have to come to Indianapolis to be part of the Failure Institute to do that. You can go talk to professionals and understand what failure means mm -hmm. and let students understand it. Let them, let them share in it. We have a Society today where failure is really frowned upon and a lot of young adults won't do something for fear of failing. Right. And failure is okay. Yeah. We have to talk about failure being okay. Right. And so think about for just a minute where we end up in 20 years if we're afraid to take risk. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't move forward very far, do we? I we mean, if you're, not, if you're not willing to take a risk and fail... You're not willing to do very much. Look back in history. We wouldn't have no Oregon Trail. We would have no Lewis and Clark. We would certainly have no Declaration of Independence. We, we, where would we be if we weren't willing to take risk and fail? Mm -hmm. I think I'm older than you, but as an older <laughs> as an older person, what would you say to younger families as far as failing you've had some probably epic failures in life just because you you're not dead yet but what do you say to younger families who are trying to get it all right because don't we all want to just get it all right we don't want to sure. watch our kids fail we don't want to look like idiots in front of people well just get over yourself first of all you're not gonna <laughs> you're gonna fail you're gonna trip and fail right <laughs> get over yourself yeah. you just get over it don't don't be don't be so uh, shy as to not talk about things that you've done wrong, mistakes you've made. Share that. So, you know, failure is eminent and it's not bad. It's just failure. Now, yeah. Repeating it is foolishness. Mm -hmm. But if we don't share it, then it will be repeated. And then we're basically saying, be foolish. Right. There's no reason for that. Yeah. So just keep taking risks and keep trying. And when you started Apprentice, did you have a model you were going off of? Or were you just making this up? <laughs> no, there's no model. There still is no model. Right. Now, the only thing we really have is an understanding of competency or doing the work to learn. Mm -hmm. That's not hard to figure out. Ironically, this past summer, I read a document from, the, uh, from Switzerland. It was talking about the Swiss model of apprenticeships mm -hmm. and the interlaced apprenticeships and education. And, and academics 
it's remarkable how close it's almost our playbook. Wow. They're without the spadging piece, but it's remarkable how close we sort of backed into this equation. Mm-hmm. You no, know, no, there's no formula for this. There's nothing out there that, that tells it you know, how to do it. Mm-hmm. We're getting better. We get smarter every day. We have new things coming down the pike. We're, we're improving. We're getting more sophisticated yet, more focused on what we're doing and what our agenda is. And by sophisticated, I don't mean difficult for the sake of being difficult. I'm talking about understanding how not to repeat something silly that we did in the past. Mm -hmm. And as a homeschool dad who's graduated a couple kids, what do you feel is the most important skill or lesson that you gave your own kids just as far as communication or just even more general than that? Travel. Hmm. Wow. Why? Why? Well, they get to experience different cultures. Both my boys have been to South America, Europe several times, Canada, if you want to call it international. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. The many times, Mexico, and certainly across the United States many, many times. They've experienced different cultures, different ways of life, different standards of living. You know, they've had to navigate. They're 21 and 23 now. And neither of them think twice about hopping on an airplane and going to spend a long weekend somewhere. My youngest one is Hudson's 21. Uh, just a few weeks ago, he spent a couple of days in Montreal. He's been to Dublin twice in the last six months, and he's going to somewhere in Spain hmm. in a couple of weeks. So I, th- I think Madrid, I'm not sure. But they think nothing about hopping on an airplane and navigating and figuring it out. Right. They're not and shy about it. Uh, they're ready to go. So I think it's just an understanding that you get to get out and see the world. It's a big world out there and, and it's a competitive world as well. Mm-hmm. You get out and see it. And so for those families who feel like, wow, that's expensive. How do you get to Spain with seven kids <laughs> or two kids? What do you, what do you say? Send one. <laughs> well, I don't know about Spain, but grab a tent, throw it in the trunk of your car, a cooler full of food. <laughs> pack up and travel across the country and go see other communities, other cities. Right. Experience them while you're there. Don't just drive through. Yeah. Go experience those other communities. And that's a great way to learn communication skills right there because all over the country, people are coming from little micro cultures and micro languages that, I mean, even when we moved up to the far North, people said, UFTA. I'd never, ever heard that word in living all over the country till we moved up here. Um, or you betcha is another colloquialism. It's just fun to hear how people talk and try to figure out the subtle nuances of where people are at. Yeah. Well, it's life, right? That's the real life. That's the real world we live in. And, and increasingly so, the world gets smaller every day with yeah. technology. We can have a meeting anywhere on the planet. Yes. When it's now. And you have to learn to adapt and navigate that. Right. If you're not, if you're not, you're going to get left behind. Right. Yeah. Fast. Right. Well, it's it's always great to talk with you and find out what you're doing. Um, I'm going to post your book and Apprentice University in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we sign off about homeschooling or Apprentice University or post high school or communication? You know, I think there is one thing. I'm going to assume that most of your listeners and those that are consuming this content share similar values and faith. I really wrestle with, and we talk a lot about this at Apprentice these days, I really wrestle with the idea that parents spend 12, 14 years 
bringing up a child and the way he should go, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we do that in a homeschool environment. We're cautious and we know who our kids' friends are and we're engaged as parents, et cetera. I'm just shocked at how many parents do that with diligence and intent and then drop their kids on the conveyor belt of the university down the road. Mm-hmm. And the, don't take my word for it. Go poke your nose around and look at the culture of the college campus these days. Mm-hmm. I'm just shocked at how many parents spend all this time and then act like they're 18-year-olds impervious to the climate on a college campus. I got news for you. Not happening. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Do you think parents are worried that their kids won't be able to vocationally make it if they yes. don't go to college? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's FOMO, right? It's a fear, fear of missing out. And yeah, my kid doesn't have a degree. He'll never get a job. Employers don't care. Look around. Don't take my word for it. We've been, we've been beating this drum now for six years. Don't take my word for it. Read. Mm-hmm. Read. Employers don't care. They're looking for competent workers. Yeah. As an employer, you have three questions about a prospective employee. Can you do the work I need to have done? Do I like you? And can I afford you? That's all that matters. Okay. Where you study, what, what you remember, not, not where you studied, what you memorized and when you memorized it is irrelevant. Right. Right. Okay. The, that's a great word to end on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks, Ron, for your time. It's always a pleasure talking to you. My you pleasure. Can, Likewise. Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Okay. I will put stuff in the show notes and I look forward to talking with all of you who are listening in another podcast soon. Thanks so much.